the Cincinnati Reds did not listen to me when as recently as yesterday, I said that they needed to move Tyler Stevenson from behind the plate. And now catcher number one is out four to six weeks with a broken thumb. Could that mean that we will see the return of Kyle Farmer behind the plate? Maybe. Also, the Reds' bullpen continues to be very, very bad, and there's lots of help sitting at AAA Louisville to help bolster the Reds' roster so they can score more runs to help overcome the bullpen deficiency. Uh, also, Reds are heading to the evil empire that is Cardinals country. We're going to break that down for you. We've got all that and more on today's Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks so much for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker. Jeff Carr is out on vacation, believe it or not. But have no fear, because here at the Locked On Podcast Network, we've got you covered with your team every day. Again, I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker. I have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds. I have a passion for baseball, and I have turned that passion into information for you. On today's podcast, we are going to talk about the awful injury that Tyler Stevenson suffered today with breaking his thumb. He's going to be out four to six weeks. We're going to talk about what the Reds might exactly do about filling his shoes in that time period. We're going to talk about this bullpen. We're going to talk about players that could be brought up from Triple A to help this team right now. And we're going to talk about the road trip, getting ready to start in St. Louis. But have no fear. I know you may be worried right now. What are we going to do with Without Jeff Carr and his eternal optimism. How are we going to fill that void? Don't worry. I have brought in a very special guest co-host for you today. Let's welcome him in. The one and only Nick Kirby from Late Night Reds Talk is going to sit in the co-host chair today. Nick, how are you? What is up, Steve? Thanks for having me on. Hey, listen, I wanted to have somebody famous on here that's getting lots of TV time. And after your uh, recent celebrity appearance on uh, Bally Sports Ohio while you were out in Boston, I just couldn't resist the opportunity to bring you in. Yeah, better better get me while I'm hot. Exactly. While you're still cheap and affordable, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, listen, Nick, let's dive right into this because I've been saying for weeks now, uh, basically ever since Tyler Stevenson got that concussion uh, at home plate, that the Reds really needed to start developing a strategy for getting him moved out of from behind the plate more often than not. And I know there's complications. Joey Votto is still on this team, and he is still the first baseman of this team. So uh, that limits the opportunities for Tyler Stevenson to play first base. But uh, there's a lot of DH opportunities that could be had. There are ways to protect Tyler Stevenson. I've been calling for that. Not everybody agrees with me. If you read my Twitter mentions today, there are a lot of people that didn't agree with me as I was talking about this. So let's just start there. What are your thoughts as far as moving Tyler Stevenson to a new position? Well, I differ from you. I uh, I couldn't be more against it. Um, I I understand like everyone's perspective. Tyler Stevenson is as exciting of a player as there is, right? I mean, it it's going to really stink not to have him for four to six weeks. But I think Tyler Stevenson is an elite hitting catcher. I think he is a slightly above average first baseman or DH, maybe even less as DH. Let me let me explain real quick and try not to make it too nerdy for you. Um, so. Tyler Stevenson, since the start of last season, has a 117 weighted runs created plus. Okay. 
that's the fourth best among catchers. If he was a first baseman, that's the 16th best. The average weighted runs created plus for a first baseman this year is 112. So he's, it's just, you know, if it gets to a point where you have to move him, where there's no alternative, then yeah, I mean, absolutely you have to move him. It is what it is. Um, but I just, there, there's so much more value uh, uh, out of him as a catcher. And, and if you're able to have him stick there, it makes every other piece of the roster construction, I think, so much easier for the Reds as they're going to have a lot of difficult decisions here coming up in 2023-2024 as they, they try to right the ship. You know, Jeff and I talked about that yesterday. We we took a look at the core of 2024. And uh, one of the things as you look up and down through this red system is that there's not an heir apparent at first base. That's the first part of that. The second part of it is how valuable is Tyler Stevenson for the next four to six weeks? How much, you know, <laughs> runs created plus is he adding sitting on the injured list? Uh, I know that's being a little bit facetious. That's not a fair question. But what my concern is, is are these freak injuries? Probably, you know, he didn't have his hand tucked. He caught a foul ball. You know, what are the odds? But with the multiple concussions, with now a broken thumb, with more missed time, as these injuries continue to build, how long will it hold true that he is an above average producing catcher if he's beat up all the time versus moving him to another position and then allowing him to be in the lineup 150 games a year? Yeah, I, mean, I think you got to be creative. I, I don't I don't think you should have Tyler Stevenson catching 130, 140 games by any means. I, I think you could even have the guy catching 90 to 100 games and, and maybe, you know, mixing and matching other places. Um, I think platooning him with Joey Votto would make a lot of sense. And then having your backup catcher play those days. And that'll really, I mean, you know, how many times the Reds going to see left-handed pitches throughout the year? You know, 40, 30, 40 times. Well, there's 40 games right there. And you're not really weakening the team. So I think there's creative ways to do it. It would just be a it'd be a last resort for me because every other piece is, is so much more difficult. But if again, if the doctors are saying this needs to happen, if even Tyler Stevenson himself wants this to happen, it's a totally different story for me. But I have a hard time believing Tyler Stevenson got 300-something games in the minors. He knows how much more catchers get paid than first baseman. I have a hard time believing he's just like, oh, yeah, move me. You know, I think he's probably going to push back on that, too. So I think you have to kind of weigh all of that stuff in. But, again, I understand what you're saying. I understand the other side of this. I love Tyler Stevenson. I want him in the lineup. Um, but I also want the Reds to be really good, and I think they have a better, a higher ceiling with Tyler Stevenson at catcher. You know, it's interesting. One of the things I did say in, a, in an exchange on Twitter, I was talking with our friend Ashley Davis, who uh, I think you ran into while you were out in Boston on this trip. Yeah, know, she was posting yeah. from out there as well. Um, you know, what I said was until Joey Votto is gone, you know, basically kind of what you just said, some creativity is involved. Should you still let Stevenson catch some? Probably, maybe. Uh, but I, I think there is a middle ground right now to maybe limit some of his exposure and in the ways that you're saying, you know, the days that Joey's off at first base, the the days that Joey's DHing, you know, maybe you do move Tyler Stevenson down. Uh, I think there's some things to be done. I think the Reds should at least start taking a look at ways to get Stevenson in the lineup with the, with the idea that you want him in the lineup in some way, shape or form 140 to 150 times throughout a season. Uh, we did see just a few minutes before we started recording uh, this episode that uh, the Reds have made a decision on who the replacement 
for Tyler Stevenson is going to be. And that is coming from Triple A Louisville. Uh, that's a catcher by the name of Oki, if I'm saying that correctly. Uh, Oki, okay. What's what's his name, Nick? <laughs> I think it's it's Chris Oki. Second round, second round draft pick. Um, while back, yeah, I was I was I was kind of surprised with that with that news. Um, I thought they would just go with one of the guys they've had up. I think they still have Sandy Leone in the system too, who has that experience. It, sound, it seems like to me. They're going with the guy that has maybe a little bit more upside, maybe a little bit more risk of just completely not not producing at all. Um, but it does at least seem like they are going with the guy. Hey, we got a chance here. Uh, let's see what this guy has, as opposed to just you know going with a, a filler option. So I guess in that perspective, I kind of like it. Um, I, I imagine he'll probably get you know a decent amount of playing time. I don't think the Reds need to see Aramis Garcia. Um, see what he's got all that much i think they you know i imagine probably be closer to maybe like a a 60 40 split something like that with garcia getting more you know i did see that uh oki of the of the catchers right now is is hitting the best he has he has is having the best season uh, and he also recently hit for the cycle i don't know if you knew that or not but yeah sometime last week he hit for the cycle so hey why not go with the hot hand i i don't have much of a problem with it but uh it is a tremendous loss having tyler stevenson out of this lineup it's it's a different it's a different team with him out of the lineup uh when we come back in the next segment, we're going to have to take a quick look at this bullpen and their continued struggles, but also uh, a look around Triple AAA Louisville to make a determination of who is ready to come up and, and help this Reds team right now. Uh, so, uh, the fact of the matter is there's some players on this Reds major league roster right now that are going to be looking for a job. And I hope that they have their resume posted on LinkedIn. And if you're out there looking for an employee, you should head to LinkedIn right now, because as the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn jobs makes it easier for you to grow your team. LinkedIn jobs help you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. You just jump onto the site. You can create a free job post within minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then you just add your job and throw the purple hashtag hiring frame on it. And the LinkedIn profile will spread the word that you're hiring so that your network can help you find the right people to hire. They have simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs. Number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free today. Terms and conditions may apply. All right. In the first segment, we talked a little bit about the disastrous news that Tyler Stevenson is going to be out four to six weeks, and we're going to bring back in our special guest co-host here, Nick Kirby, visiting us from the Late Night Reds Talk podcast and uh, live streaming show on YouTube. And he is helping to lend the optimism to what we are trying to bring today. And I don't always do a good job of that, Nick. Uh, I'm, I'm really down on this bullpen right now. Uh, I think there's some guys that definitely uh, need to get sharp quick or, or in danger of losing their job. I could not be more disappointed with how Tony Santana 
Raytheon look today. Uh, so I'm looking to you right now. Tell me why I should be optimistic about this Reds bullpen and the guys they've got out there right now. Alexis Diaz, Alexis Diaz, Alexis Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> Man, he looks great. He looks great. <laughs> okay, uh, there, there's one. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everyone else just feels like kind of a coin flip. I mean, you know, there've been some nice moments from Jeff Hoffman, some nice moments from Ross Detweiler, but can you really, you know, count on these guys? Sessa struggled. Santion, yeah, he was looking really good for a while, and then you know he's just been up and down. Warren's really struggled. Um, Kudos look pretty good. Um, it's just, just, just not a lot of sure things or even close to it right now. I mean, Lucas Sims makes this bullpen look a lot better. Um, I know Dari Moreta really struggled in his first first go around this year. Um, really got beat up at the end. Had to go down. That was just. I mean, that mm-hmm. was, it was it was pretty obvious. Uh, but he I, from the numbers I've seen, he looks pretty good at Louisville. Maybe he's worth another shot. Um, you know, as the season goes on, I mean, I think, you know, some of these guys that are starters, you might might see some of them kind of get moved. Some of the guys we're seeing down at down at AAA, um, you know, when um, Nick Lodolo comes back, you know, do they move? I know you had mentioned Mike Miner. I think he'd be a quality lefty out of the bullpen, at least a guy that you is going to be able to throw strikes, right? I mean, um, so, I mean, there, there's some ways to do it, but it's – um. Yeah, it just it, it feels like with the bullpen, just about almost all the guys that we were hoping could take that step that that had that upside just haven't really materialized so far. But it's June. Remember last um, last June we were really really down in this bullpen. I know they added some pieces, but there was a lot of guys that really flipped their seasons around um, and, and finished the season strong. So I guess that's kind of you just have to hope you know the Warrens and the uh, the Santions can kind of figure that out. You know, I talked with Jeff yesterday about my thoughts on Mike Miner, and I really do think he could be a valuable piece the rest of this season in that bullpen. Uh, Looking at some of the moves that the Reds are going to have to make here relatively quickly, uh, they're going to lose a pitcher based on the MLB roster rules. Uh, Then hopefully Nick Lodolo is returning soon. They're going to have to make a decision in the starting rotation. So for me, that's at least two spots right now, two people you've got to eliminate from the bullpen as it stands right now, one to make room for Mike Miner and one to conform with the roster reduction. Who are the first two guys you're sending out of there? Who, who, who goes? Well, right now, probably, I mean, maybe Warren Warren does have an option. I mean, that, that, that's a, a big thing that you have to factor. You just can't be cutting guys left and right and surviving a season. So he's probably the guy. And then, I don't know, probably like a guy like Kunal's kind of a guy that's up and down just because he's the other one other than Alexis Diaz and Tony Santion. That's the only other ones that have options. And I don't think Diaz or Santion are, are worthy of a demotion. Well, Diaz definitely isn't. But I, I don't think Santion, even with the struggles, is, is worthy of a demotion at this point. I mean, he has had some good games. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just it, 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 it's kind of that. But as we always see, these things, these things tend to solve themselves. They work someone, themselves out, don't they? Someone gets hurt. You know who's going to replace Nick Lodolo? Sadly, one of the starters will probably get hurt, and it'll be a mute point, right? Mm. And that's just that's how that's how baseball is today. It's just there's a lot of injuries. Have you have you run out of room yet on your graphic that you put all of the Reds that get injured? Your your all injury team is it full? Like, can you even see the baseball field anymore? Well, at least recently it's been it's been um some of the same characters again. So it has been new new people to add on. Um 
So it, it's it's held it's held steady. <laughs> so in the last segment, we talked about the injury to Tyler Stevenson and that the Reds are bringing up a replacement. Uh, there are a lot of guys in Louisville right now that are either ma- major league capable or they're down there on rehab assignments. And it's about time for the Reds to make some difficult decisions. And I wanted to get your thoughts on just exactly how they might go about getting these guys back on the active roster. Uh, So I want to start with one of your ideas just first right out of the gate. Rather than bringing up a backup catcher to, to fill that spot for Tyler Stevenson, you sent an interesting tweet today. For the YouTube viewers, I'm bringing it up on the screen now. For the audio folks, this is a tweet that Kirby sent out earlier with a picture of Kyle Farmer in full catcher's gear with a simple caption, it's time. Uh, could we see the return of Kyle Farmer to, to the backstop position in order to uh, help the Reds get some more help into this lineup uh, without having to bring up a, a minor league catcher that may not be ready? Well, this would be a lot of fun. Um, I, this was more of a joke. I, I, I don't really. <laughs> oh no! Think... Come on, Kirby. You've got to own it. You can't. You can't play it off now. It's out there uh, for the world to see. If if the Reds really thought Cal uh, Farmer could catch, then yeah, I mean that would solve a lot of issues. You know, um, I don't. I I don't think the Reds felt uh, Kyle Farmer was a everyday catcher, or I think he would have probably got a uh, more of a run there. Um, I, I I don't think they they felt he you know had the skill set or whatever you need, but uh, it was just a fun idea. Um, I, and of I course love, those I, of course those that follow you too know that you are the president of the Kyle Farmer fan club, and and that's that's why I chose to throw this in today because I just I really wanted to mess with you a little bit because I, I knew you were I knew you were having fun with it, but uh, you know it's not it's not an uninteresting possibility. I mean, it does at least create some uh, lineup flexibility for David Bell not having to bring up a guy that you're going to have to put in the eight nine hole in a, a minor league catcher that may not be able to handle major league pitching. I would love for him to at least, you know, have the, you know, kind of stay up to speed um, to be kind of like a third catcher to kind of give you more flexibility. Like if you did want to DH Tyler Stevenson, because we, we, we saw you really don't want to DH Tyler Stevenson. You want him to play first base and Vodder to DH just in case you get in a, a catcher injury. So you're not losing your, your designated hitter. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that'd be a nice thing for Kyle Farmer to, to have I, from what I've heard, you know, I, I was don't understand the dynamic of pitching and catching. It's, it's pretty hard to just uh, um, have that as a casual position. It's something you have to invest quite a bit in, you know, that they're in the catchers and pitchers are in all those meetings together. Um, so it would, it'd be difficult to take a lot away from um, a guy like Kyle farmers um, ability to stay fresh defensively at shortstop. So it'd be pretty difficult to do both from, from what I understand, from what I hear. I mean, but come be, on, look at this guy. Be, look at this guy, Nick. Nobody's wanted, running on him. Look I at that wanted, picture. I want it. I want it. I want it. It would be fun. Hey, that would, that'd be, uh, it would, it would uh, break up the, uh, the monotony of the season a little bit for sure. Well, but let's, let's talk about some of these guys that we know are going to be coming up. Uh, Donovan Solano, his rehab time is almost up. Jose Barrero has already been transferred from his rehab assignment to being outright assigned to Louisville to gain more spring training time, you know, quote unquote, as the Reds have said, uh, Max Schrock 
has been uh, discussed as recently as yesterday by David Bell as being a candidate to come up during the upcoming St. Louis series and play some outfield. So the question to you is, how are they going to make room on this roster for all these guys? Uh, what do you anticipate them being able to do as far as sending guys out to make room for these major league players to come up? Well, the first two guys I would assume probably go are Friedel and Lopez. Again, it, it's it's the option game. Colin Moran also has an option. So I, I always look at who's, who has options first because I think that's always the Reds' priority is they don't want to lose guys in their system. And that's not just the Reds. I think that's most teams are that way. Uh, Schrock, probably more than any of those players, helps this team just because Joey Votto is the only good left-handed bat the Reds have. That's insane. After last year, it was where it's had way too many lefties. They couldn't hit hit left-handed pitching. Now they only have one legit left-handed major league bat in their lineup. Just it, it, what a what a contrast of years and how things have played out. Uh, so Schrock, yeah, get him up as soon as you can. Uh, Solano will help. I mean, he can play multiple positions. Um, Barrero, I mean, I definitely want Barrero to to hit the ground running. Um, he he's been about an average player at triple a uh i want to see him crushing the ball at triple a when he's called up um i think the last i think everyone wants barrero up i want barrero up i I can't wait to see what this kid has but you want him to gain some confidence at the big league level i think the last thing you want is to call him up and and he struggle um again because he's been up that would be his third time up and his third time struggle you want him to build some confidence so I don't think they can rush that. I think they got to be patient with that. And then they also have to factor in. I think the Reds are going to try to trade Kyle Farmer at the deadline. I think Kyle Farmer is going to become. Wow. Kyle Farmer is going to probably be a five, six million dollar player next year. Um, He's like three million this year, but he's going to get a raise, um, especially if he keeps hitting like this. I mean, he's he has like a 100 weighted runs created plus over the last two years now. So it's not like, Hey, Kyle Farmer only hit for one month. He's been an average big league shortstop for, um, uh, for a year and a half now. And, and that, that pays <laughs> that that's, that's, you know, when you're in those final years of arbitration, that pays. So they can't just say, Oh, we're just going to sit Kyle Farmer on the bench and trade him at the deadline. It doesn't really work that way. You have to play guys to have any sort of trade value. So, there's a lot of moving pieces with this and a lot of decisions that are not just going to be strictly based on that day on the field. There's a lot of, you know, Donovan Solano could be a guy you're trying to move at the deadline. Donovan Solano probably doesn't do much for this team. You know, he's on a one year deal. Um, You know, if he comes up and rakes for six weeks, is someone going to give up their 25th best prospect for him? I don't, I don't know. Maybe. So there's a lot of, a lot of weird factors I, I think you're going to see a very different team in August versus July. You know, it's interesting that you talk about the options game because one of the one of the things to consider are these trades. And I, I hadn't even really given any thought to them moving Kyle Farmer at the deadline. You know, another another move I think the Reds will make uh, when Jonathan India is ready is is sending Aleo Lopez back down to AAA just to kind of hold him in reserve. So you know, basically with with the names you just mentioned plus that they can get all of the guys coming up from Louisville back on the roster without actually designating anybody for assignment uh, they can use they can just straight send down all of the all of the players which i think to your point you know keeps 
keeps enough people in the system that they can make the trades for prospects and still at least have some people with major league experience to, to field a team the second half of the season. Yeah, like a guy like Matt Reynolds has no options left. Matt Reynolds is a guy you probably are going to want in August and September to, to help you finish out the year. Uh, so, you know, it, it, you may see someone that has an option, maybe even like a Max Schrock gets sent down if there's, you know, too many guys healthy. <laughs> which this sounds, I know that sounds weird to say, but if there's too many guys right. healthy at once, you, you might see a guy like Max Schrock sent down and people will be upset about it. But it's just so, hey, we can have, a somewhat competitive team at the end of the year. And I know that might sound silly if you're not competing, but I think for the Reds, you know, with some of these young pitchers, you know, you don't, you don't want all these young players to be playing around a completely garbage lineup, uh, you know, really bad defense. I know Matt Reynolds had a bad defensive play today, but I think overall he's probably a pretty solid glove. You know, th- those things do matter some. How much? I don't know. There's no way of quantifying it, but I know the Reds do value that, and I think most teams do. Well, coming up, this team is heading on a road trip to St. Louis. Uh, I have made no secret how I feel about the evil empire that is Cardinals country. So uh, we're going to get into that in just a minute. Uh, The Reds really do need to work on being healthy and continuing to get healthy and strong. And if you want to get healthy and strong, head over to Built.com right now and get yourself a Built Bar. Uh, Don't you love chewy chocolate brownies? What about caramel brownie with caramel swirled on top? So good. What if I told you that you can have all that chewy, chocolatey deliciousness plus 17 grams of protein? Well, you're in luck because caramel brownie bars are available at Built.com. Right now, you got to act fast because they're in favor and they're there for a limited time. You can forget about dessert because these are better than dessert. Plus, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're only 130 calories. They are jam-packed with 17 grams of protein. That's only 4 grams of sugar per bar. For those of you that are doing the keto diet, these are the treats for you. Uh, you can head over to Built.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at Built.com. Get yourself some Cherries Barcia. Those are my favorite. Get yourself some Puffs. Those are Jeff's favorite. Uh, I don't know which ones Kirby eats, but we're going to send him a sampler pack and we'll get him on board as well. Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order of Built Bar. Thank you for making Locked on Reds your first listen. We have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so that we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked on podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and what you don't like about Locked on podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey. Thanks so much for your help. We really do appreciate it. Make sure you're following the podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. Uh, Coming up next week, we will break down the series that is going to occur over the weekend in St. Louis and get you caught up on all of the Reds roster moves. Uh, Speaking of that series in St. Louis, Nick, it's it's one of those things I really hate the Cardinals. They drive me bonkers. Their fans drive me bonkers. Yadi Molina, oh my God, I just cannot with this farewell tour already. But uh, this is probably a series the Reds uh, are going to have some difficulties with. Uh, 
just looking at it on paper as they head down there to St. Louis, what are your initial thoughts on how the Reds will fare against the Cardinals this time around? Yeah, I know the Cardinals, I think they just got swept by the Rays, but before that, we're playing really well. Um, on paper, I, I do love the pitching matchups. I think the Reds are going to be facing an opener uh, on Friday against mm-hmm. Luis Castillo. So that's, I mean, you know, that that feels favorable. Now, again, what happens after Castillo leaves the game? <laughs> that that right. would be a different story. Um, and then uh, Saturday, fun matchup, Hunter Green, Adam Wainwright. Reds for some bizarre reason own Adam Wainwright makes absolutely no sense to me. I'll never understand it. Uh, and then Sunday, Graham Ashcraft, Dakota Hudson. So, I mean, you kind of look at the, the, the series. These are probably the three guys, uh, you know, maybe, maybe Tyler Malley, but Malley, I think has struggled against the Cardinals. These are probably three guys you'd love to have in the series. So, uh, I think it'll be a fun series. Hopefully the Reds can, uh, can go down, have a, uh, have a great series, sweep the Cardinals. And, uh, we're all feeling really good on Monday. Oh, that's music to my ears. Sweep the Cardinals. You know, happened I think last I agree. Year. that's right. Happened, happened last year. You know, I think I agree with you as far as the rotation goes right now. Uh, this fell, I think, really well for the Reds. Uh, Luis Castillo just gets better every time out. Uh, I have enjoyed so much watching Hunter Green pitch and continue to develop and get better. And and Graham Ashcraft has really been pretty amazing so far. Uh, let's talk about Graham Ashcraft for just a minute. One of the things that I've been concerned about with him is, you know, his his major league debut and his arrival upon this Reds rotation, you know, happened with a lot of uncertainty and he just kind of got thrown into it. And, you know, I'm, I'm concerned as there's more film on him, as major league hitters have more time to study him, they're going to catch up to what he's doing a little bit. Do you think he can, can continue to get uh, ground balls at the rate he's been getting ground balls and and keeping hitters off balance as well as he has, or is he going to have to start to make adjustments as well to, to continue to keep the hitters from catching up? Yeah, I, mean, I think you'll have to to make adjustments. You know, when you throw 100 miles an hour, though, that I guess I, I think that makes the uh, adjustments maybe a little bit more favorable for you. Um, I know my Carlo, uh, my my co-host Carlos, your uh, Carlos, oh, my, right. my Carlos, my co-host <laughs> Carlos talked about how uh, he thought Ashcraft needed to uh, refine his third pitch a little bit better. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think he'll have some growing pains, but. Man, the guy's just jumped into a like you said a difficult situation. He throws strikes, which is just so awesome for a rookie pitcher, and has all the confidence in the world. Um, I, I thought, you know, from everything I had read and seen, and I'm I'm no minor league expert by any means. I thought he probably profiled better as a reliever, but every time I see him start, I I feel like that that's dumber and dumber. So I I don't know. I, I'm just excited to see what he's got. Uh, I, I love the collection of arms that the Reds seem to be uh, getting. Uh, the great thing is, is, is whoever doesn't work as a starter can can fix the bullpen, um, uh, kind of as as these guys kind of go through the system. And uh, uh, I've said it before, but you know the the big difference between the Reds and Brewers last year is the Brewers just every time they had an injury, they just brought this some dude up and he jumped in and he was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope the Reds are kind of are going to kind of follow that mold a little bit. It kind of seems like that's the direction they're going. So that's hopefully, you know, I guess the goal. I'd like to get your thoughts on Hunter Green uh, while we've got you today as our special guest co-host. Uh, you know, one of the things with Hunter that I haven't have identified as a, a, a real strong personality trait is he's not afraid to 
dig into each of his performances and, and be direct with the media and be direct when he talks about when he identifies weaknesses and what he wants to do differently and what he wants to improve upon. And I find that to be very refreshing because you don't always get that from pitchers. And I think that he's done a pretty effective job of making adjustments and improving start to start. But while you're here, I just kind of like to hear your thoughts on him as he's developed from the beginning of the season through now. Yeah, just a guy that's 22 years old making these adjustments on the fly at the big league level is just it's it's so impressive. His poise is is next level. It's it's unlike anything I don't know if I've ever seen before. I'll humble brag a little bit. Uh, at Fenway Park, uh, uh, their their bullpen is awesome. You're like right there, so I was like I could reach out and almost touch him. I was that close, mm-hmm. and just. I'm not a guy who gets into all the, oh, this guy has this great poise and all that, but you can just tell he is just so determined. It, it's, it, it's, it's hard to explain without actually seeing it and, and, and seeing it in person. And I know a lot of, you know, Jim, Jim days talked about that. I know Derek Johnson's talked about that. I, I don't think it's uh it, it, it's BS. I mean, I think it's legit. I mean, he, he just, he has this just incredible poise, uh, you saw it at, at Dodger Stadium when he made that big start. Uh, man, I'm just uh, – I'm so excited. He's going to have his growing pains. He's going to have his ups and downs, probably not even just this year, but maybe next. But I'll say it. I, I can't – maybe Johnny Cueto. What pitchers in our lifetime could be the best pitcher in baseball? Not many that have played for the Reds. Hunter Green could. He could be the best pitcher in all of baseball. And – can't get excited right? about in that. our lifetime yeah in our lifetime there was a time that well, in my lifetime maybe not yours but in my lifetime there was some conversation about around jose rio before he got mm-hmm. injured as being that guy then johnny cueto like you say and and now maybe hunter green yeah uh, before before we get out of here what uh what do the reds have to do to accomplish that that sweep that you promised our listeners down in st louis who who do they have to shut down who is the who's the one guy in this st louis lineup that needs to be neutralized in order for the reds to to have the ability to walk away with a at least a series victory maybe not a sweep uh probably i don't know probably nolan arenado i think he's had the the best year for them I mean, they have a pretty good lineup up and down. Um, so, I mean, it, it just you know, it it it's a lineup that you're you're going to have to really be be focused. They don't, you know, they're not they don't have an elite lineup. It's just a very long lineup, and and, and there's not a lot of easy outs in their lineup. So, uh, especially with you know with the with the DH. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's please, please go as long as you can, starters and. Uh, um, Alexis Diaz threw two innings today, so uh, um, you know, hopefully, some guys can step up and uh, uh, you know, give some big innings of relief. Well, he is Nick Kirby. You can follow him on Twitter at Nicholas Kirby. Uh, you can follow me at S Offenbaker, and you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. Nick, before you go, why don't you pitch your show a little bit for some of our listeners that maybe have not had the chance to discover it yet? Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me, Steve, and uh, th- thanks to Jeff as well. Uh, yeah, late night Reds talk live every Wednesday night at nine o'clock or after a Reds game if there's a late Reds game. So every Wednesday night we're on. We try to have fun. We do the show live on YouTube, uh, so you can jump on and uh, ask questions and interact with us. Uh, that's kind of you know what we feel it makes the show kind of uh, fun. And then uh, 
uh, post it up as a podcast every uh, early Thursday morning. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for today's edition of Locked on Reds. Coming up next week, we will break down the St. Louis series. And again, we will get you caught up on all of the Reds pending roster moves. Thanks so much for making Locked on Reds your first listen. Now make Locked on MLB your second listen. Sully brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. Locked on MLB, just like Locked on Reds, is free and available on all platforms. The season continues to grind on and the Reds continue to make moves and fight injuries. But if you want to stay up to date, we will keep you with all of the Reds knowledge that we can pass along right here on Locked on Reds every single day. We will see you next week.